today to get through this thing called life electric word life and it means forever not so mighty long time but i'm here to tell you there's something else press rewind (laughs) (laughs) welcome to press rewind a podcast cast where your friends at fandom city discuss movies we've watched all the time when we were growing up these movies have to be 20 years or older some stand the test of time and some really don't today in honor of the birthday of our favorite singer we're chatting about purple rain with a tiny little nod to grief graffiti bridge (laughs) (laughs) it's not even a nod it's like a a wink at graffiti bridge how you doing there we see ya Before we get down to the nitty gritty, let's introduce ourselves. I am the Fandom City Mayor Rachel. I am the Fandom City Alderman Leona X. And I am the Fandom City Sheriff T. All right, so let's hop on in here with this graffiti. Oops, I'm sorry, purple ring. I, I, I had graffiti bridge on the mind. Graffiti bridge. I got excited. I think maybe what she maybe her we should together. do graffiti bridge. She rubbed her hands together. <laughs> I'm excited too, don't you? Yes. Okay. So, be, okay. Let's let's start off like we always do. Why did you see Purple Rain? Um, go ahead, Leona. You 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 inhaled like you was ready to jump into this. Oh, uh, I saw Purple Rain because I watched movies, <laughs> <laughs> and Prince was in it, and it's like how perfect. Let's do this. <laughs> T. Um, I saw Purple Rain because of Prince. Yeah, yeah, I'm going with that one. I watch movies and Prince, and it works for me. <laughs> um, all right, you know, we've told it before, but you can never say give the infamous Prince Purple Rain story too often. And um, T, you want to handle that? Sure. Uh, so. Uh... Our mother knew how much we loved the Prince and how much she wanted to see the movie. So she uh, schlepped us two and, what, four to six of our other cousins. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't I go? <laughs> I, I, I was two. Um, were, it was rated. Yeah, what are you, two? Right. You were like... I'm surprised you were to text to her nipple. Oh. You were so young. Carry on. Sorry. Um, Maybe it would have made it harder for her to do what she did to us if you weren't there. <laughs> Exactly. So she took us out to the movies to see it. It was crowded. It was packed. And we were late. If we get there, we're so excited to see. We're all on a row together. And up comes the love scene. And I'm still trying to figure out how our mother, who was all of 4'11", was able to extend her arm so well well that it covered you know, 10 to 12 eyes. Like, she literally, none of us could see. And she's like, oh, no, no, no. We got to get out of here. We can't watch this. And literally picked us up and dragged us out of that crowded ass Embarrassing. It's embarrassing, I tell you. (laughs) So embarrassing. The movie wasn't over yet. I've heard this movie, this this story for years. And I'm trying to picture this. You know I always try to picture How is that possible? How 
could she have pulled all these kids out by herself? Because she could. It's the tone that my first one. She sat behind us. She's a few of them sat. She sat behind me and two cousins, and um, it was her tone more. She covered the eyes, but it was. Let's go! And it was like, she was loud. She was loud. I, I think, I think oh, the adults got up this. and left too, the way she said it. They were like, whoops. Time to go. And do you know to this day, like, until I watched it recently with the mister, I've never seen this scene. And I've seen Purple Rain a hundred times. I've never, wow. I've always found an excuse to not be in a room on that scene. And I've never seen it until this time. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. When I was in my 20s, because I, I waited, you know, just because, you know, I I watched it in protestation. How dare you not let me? Ooh, what just happened here? <laughs> right, right. I, I I'm telling you, I wish I had not watched it because I was like, whoa. <laughs> now, of course, y'all remember we had Purple Rain recorded on the same tape as some awesome other things like yes. GTV Valentine's. Um, but and so I watch it all the time. I think that Dad somehow edited that scene out because I don't remember seeing it. <laughs> Probably did. <laughs> I, I because remember when he put a piece of tape on it. When we when we finally got to see it, um, Dad got it for us. He rented it for us, and he stayed up there with us and fast forwarded through that part. And then was like, "Well, good luck." I honestly was an adult before I ever really saw it. I, I just, it just is something I feel like maybe, maybe my eyes always closed. I don't know on or their own, blurred like, out or something because I was an adult. <laughs> She wouldn't let me watch it then. I may as well not watch it now. Right, right. I mean, we, we all can admit there's a crap ton of movies that she said you couldn't watch, and we, until this day, I haven't watched them. I haven't either. All the right movies. Mm-hmm. That's funny. So, okay, so, um, obviously, the, the soundtrack was spectacular, you know. Mm, wonderful. One, you know, one of the best ever not just one of the yes. best prince albums one of the best mm-hmm. albums ever mm-hmm. now according to here's a description according to imdb a young man tormented by an abusive situation at home must contend with a rival singer a burgeoning romance and his own dissatisfied band as his star begins to rise are we agreeable with that description I mean, I mostly Mostly, I just—I'm sorry, I stand, but I have to say he's not contending with his own dissatisfied band. Right. Exactly. They're, They're cool with him. For two people, right? <clears throat> the, the guys are cool. Wendy and Lisa just want to be heard. Right. But nobody's trying so to leave wrong? the band. Yeah, nobody's trying to leave the band, and he's just trying to put anybody out. So. It was directed by Albert Magnoli and written by Albert Magnoli and William Blinn. I believe Albert Magnoli get writing credits because William Blinn's um, script was a little darker than it actually was. And Albert Magnoli went and um, threw a little light in it. Not much, but... Um, I mean, what what darker could have happened? Did, 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 I don't know, he, he killed somebody? Ray? Did he, like, go to 7th Avenue and, like, shoot everybody up? Like, what? <laughs> What could have happened? Man. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the abuse was a little. You confuse me. I was thinking of seventh heaven. 
Maybe he was more abusive, yeah, with Apollonia. I'm, I'm going to tell you. I'll tell you later what I think was darker. Continue. Okay. Um, the box office budget was about $7.2 million. Um, it, opening weekend, it made that money back about a little more than $7.7 million. It opened the July 29th, 1984. Hey! It, um, hey, hey, that was hey, that was a special day. I just realized it. Yeah. Nor we were. And maybe that's why she rushed us out, too. Hey, what was she doing at the movies with y'all? Oh, <laughs> 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 oh my goodness. Hey, was he at home watching you? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hmm. Okay. Anyway, it, it it grossed about eighty million dollars worldwide. Um, ratings it got about six point five on IMDb. Six point six point five out of ten on IMDb. Sixty eight percent on Rotten Tomatoes and eighty seven percent on Google. And I tend to believe because I when I was looking at the notes, the ratings were a little bit lower in some of the things that I read. So I'm thinking that the note the the ratings kind of picked up a bit after um his passing. All right, right. Mm. Which sucks because it was good before. It was a great movie. So you should have gave it good ratings. Um, awards. Obviously, he won several awards, um, Grammys and American Music Awards, just for the songs and you know on the soundtrack and the album. But he also won an Academy Award for Best Original Score. He won an NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Actor in a Motion Picture, and I have to admit, you know, he, I, I thought he was kind of deserved, you know, right. considering singer and, and um, he won a Grammy for Best Album of Original Score written for a Motion Picture or a Television Special. That's a mouthful for a. I hope they changed that in the past thirty years. Can I point out that I, that's the the look for when he won the Oscar is one I always enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Do you remember it? Nice the, the one where yeah. he had like the thing on his head? Right. That was, yeah, I love that one. Yeah. Very great. Okay, carry on. Sorry. Few little side notes. It was set in Minneapolis, of course. And for me, I don't know about you guys, but it was um, a little bit of a breath of fresh air because it wasn't set in New York City, LA, or some Midwestern small town, you know, like. New York City? Uh, <laughs> He wasn't leaving a even he was he wasn't leaving Minneapolis to go make it big in right, New York. He right. was making his mark in Minneapolis and yeah. I like that. People of color were the main characters and I always wondered if it was marketed as a black movie, but more than likely it was marketed as a rock movie. Right. I think so. Mm-hmm. It focused on the eighties mm-hmm. club scene a bit and um it was a shout out to blackness <laughs> thanks to Morris Day. And then the, the question of the ages, why wasn't Andre Simone in this movie? He said, movie? You gotta be kidding me. <laughs> that won't be successful. And then later I'm like, oh. I think you better put Dez in there and say that's that. That's what, that's what um, Jim Brown said. <laughs> it won't be successful. And he said, wah, Didn't Dez replace him in the revolution? I believe so, yes. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that was the, that that great hit right there, right? And all the others that tumbled after it. 
All right. So, um, all right, Le- no, Leona, Leona. Okay. Yeah. Leona, let's talk about the casting characters. All right, then. All right. Casting characters. It was starring someone we may have heard of named Prince. He played the no, kid. No, that guy. Right. He played the kid. And Shell wants to know what's his name, Francis L. Jr., but I tell you, Shell, his name is The Kid. <laughs> I think he's Jr. I think he's Jr. The Kid. That's what his, his birth certificate says, The Kid. It does. <laughs> um, and he's an angsty, misunderstood musician with daddy issues. Mm, mm, mm. Shaking my head. He got hands. mommy issues, too. He got all kind of issues. He got all kinds of issues. Uh, Morris Day plays uh, the kid's rival, Morris the Hater Extraordinaire. Apollonia Cotero <laughs> plays, I don't know, Apollonia. And she's a girl from NOLA coming to the famous First Avenue to make it big. Clarence Williams III, the great Clarence Williams III. Not that, great. that much he's in, but the few things I've seen him in, he was awesome. He's spectacular. Uh, uh, he plays Kit's father, who is Francis L. The real Francis L. Kit's <laughs> abusive father, by the way. Jerome Ben Jerome plays Jerome. <laughs> and he is Morris's Girl Friday, as Shell says it. <laughs> Olga Carlatos, am I pronouncing that correctly? Do y'all know? I Probably. believe so. She plays Kit's mother and happens to be a victim of domestic abuse. What's her name in it? Mom. Mother, okay, mom, ma, ma. All right, Francesca um, L. Oh. <laughs> Are you making her name? <laughs> she can be Francis too. Why not? Um, <laughs> Billy Sparks is Billy, and he's the owner of First Avenue. Jill Jones is Jill, and she's the first. <laughs> it just makes me laugh. I'm sorry. She plays Jill, and she is a First Avenue uh, waitress uh, guide. <laughs> Hostess, hostess with the mostess, stalker, <laughs> and she was hoping to be kids' love interest. Uh, hope on, girly. Charles Huckberry <laughs> was chick, uh, who was the bouncer, but he is also happens to be Prince's was Prince's bodyguard in real life. Daz Diggerson, the modernaire of all modernaires, <laughs> <laughs> plays Daz. <laughs> the lead singer for Des in the Modern Air is not Desiree Shell. <laughs> Des in the Desiree. <laughs> I wanna be a Desiree. <laughs> That's so good. I like Desiree, that. Desiree, Desiree. Desiree. <laughs> right. Uh, then there's the revolution being the revolution. We'll point out Wendy and Lisa just because they had some kind of crucial parts. Sorry, dudes, you kind of didn't. But Wendy and Lisa contributed quite a bit to the storyline. Um, the time was the time. Napoleon Six. Well, they were them. I should have put the former members of Vanity Six. Right there, you go. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, T, you want to tackle some of these questions? Sure. Um, why do you think Apollonia was so quick to join Morris's girl group? Because she was eager to be a star? Because she couldn't afford to live in that no-tell motel? Some other reason? I felt like it was because she was eager to be a star. That's what she came there to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, she wants to be in that motel anymore. <laughs> Right, that's what I'm thinking. That that age, what she had like a hundred, hundred dollars. What was it? That it? I thought it was more. Okay, well, still, it couldn't have been no more than two bills. So she had to get up out of there, you know, get a get a. That motel was twenty dollars a night. 
She could have. Well, said that, that means she got two weeks. Not even two weeks. She got to mm-hmm. get up out of there. Twenty dollars a night. This movie is five days. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> I don't know how time moves, but I feel like it's only five days. Um, why did kid live in the basement of his parents' house to save money to protect his mother because he's a loser? I always thought save money. I honestly never thought protect his mother until that was said. And now I'm like, that feels not obvious, but it feels like a a very reasonable idea that maybe he wanted to or knew he could, but why not stay a little bit closer? Another question. How how old is he? Mm, Early 20s? Oh. You think it's 27? I thought he was no, like 23, 24. Then it's 20s. I think it's 20s. Yeah, I think he's really young. Like, early, like, at the at the oldest, 23. That's what I think. Because cause he has no business acumen. He's just, I'm going to play my music and go I home and call music. it a day. I just, want people, I just want to find my views. I just want to... Right. And not just that, but he's, he's pretty immature. Right. <laughs> His reactions to he people. Is. Talking with that puppet cone, or, or the puppet in the cone. Like, dude... <laughs> For a second, could but, you, you know, stop? And that's how right, they all—they all look right. at each other like, "Here he go." All right, here he go. <laughs> <laughs> but he could be forty-five and immature. That's true. But, he uh, just seems something about him just seemed young, right? And I, it didn't, I, I, I would say early twenties. I mean, because Prince himself seem, was what twenty-five or twenty-six. Yeah, it didn't seem weird for his parents that he was still there. And a lot of times, when you're older and you still with your parents, they're like. Are you still here? Like um, as long as as long as he um stacking the pickle jars and picking up <laughs> around himself, they don't care. He's not just stacking them. He's the one doing the pickling. You didn't understand, right? This, he's the but one who's the, he's behind all that. I think I can ag- agree with that though. His father came off like there had to be a reason, a legitimate reason for his father to not. I don't know. Because it's usually fathers who are like that, especially with their sons. But his father also knows what it's like to struggle in the music business. So he's like, dude, you ain't got no money. Come on, make room in the basement. Go ahead and set it up. Keep the heat on. (laughs) All I want is for you to come home on a regular basis and climb through when I'm getting my climb through the window when we're getting our freak on. Why did he roll his R? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, So, I don't know if we can answer this. Why was Morris such a hater? Um, Because he was Morris. His name was Morris. Not me, because he's Morris Day. That's why. Oh, because I hate my awful name. Um, I think it was absolute jealousy. I thought it was jealousy that the kid was clearly, well, it felt to us clearly more talented anyway. Mm-hmm. He could whip out an instrument. He could do the the artsy, fartsy thing and still get attention. And he was hot. Not that Morris right. is unattractive, but you have to be feel threatened by a young upstart who is who's pulling in people like you are. And, and pulling in the crowds, but the crowds are supposedly falling off, and Billy won't let him go. Ugh. Right. So, and then he got the he got the he got Jill stalking him. The new girl just came in the door, smashed her foot, and went straight for him. You know, it's like, wait, <laughs> do, do nobody nobody see me. I'm right here. Me, 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 me. Right. 
Um, I have one of my own. Why? Well, I'll ask later when we talk about it because we're just going to go sort of break it down, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll ask it later. Did Francis L. give up his music for family or because his art didn't sell or because he sucks? <laughs> <laughs> why you computer blue so he doesn't suck so. I mean no you, I mean a broken clock is right twice a day I mean he can have one song that's good so he had it one good song that computer blue he playing over and over <laughs> was it really good or, or was it okay and, and the kid and the kid made it, it better no, but, no it was good and it's on its own you know, this is my this is my vision of Francis L. He um he was making it big. He was he was um he had a couple hit albums on nationally, not just in Minneapolis. He was hitting that tour scene, and the wife was traveling with him. And um he called her a couple of times, you know, yucking it up with the with the stage hand. And he was like, the fuck? And um he was like, but he ignored it. You know, he kept on going on about his business. She they had a baby, they kept on rolling with it. And the wife was like, you know what, we got this kid, I'm gonna stay home. And he was like, Yeah, okay, you do that. I'm gonna hit that, we'll keep someone stay on the road. But he all the time he was on the road, he was like, you know, remember when she was with that stage hand? Who's that, she with now? No, uh, <laughs> Twelver, I'm going back home. No, I, I, I why I gotta be her? I think he, I'm not blaming just, her, I'm blaming him. He's a fragile he's man. I don't think she was right. ever with the stage hand. I think she was no, mad at her business. He did anything with the stage hand. She, she was just talking to him. Oh, okay. She said, Hey, Joe, how you doing? He was like, Shh. Who's she talking to? Okay. <laughs> how dare you talk to another man? She was like, so Who? Who did I talk to? She don't even remember talking to anybody. Right. Who are you talking about? So he went back to Minneapolis and opened up a record store, a record store. A record store. And um, <laughs> that's how they keep the heat. That's how you keep the heat on because the record store is right next to First Avenue. And so when they leave there, they go open to buy a couple of records and call it a day. Huh. All right, then. That's very detailed. Because, um, I mean, <laughs> wait, they, they own a house and he don't want her to leave the house. So clearly she's not working. And um, somebody, who, how to keep the heat on if if there is not, you know, he had to make some kind of money in music and still be pulling in something, or the heat ain't really on it. He just crazy. That that they lived in the red barn. They had a farm, <laughs> and they sold eggs and milk and cheese. I mean, she she churned butter in the back. Well, she That's did how they pickle vegetables. She, they they sold pickled pig's feet and pickled yeah. vegetables. Let's be for real. Prince ain't selling no pickle pig's feet. Not so. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, That's he wasn't disgusting. always vegan, was he? I mean, and it's a character. Oh. He's like, what's my motivation? Do, do, what's my do motivation for, a pick, for, for pickling pig's feet? Okay, um, is that what it was called at the Huntington? Is that, was it yes. called the Huntington? Mm-hmm. Yes. Hotel Motel. Apollonia appeared to be sneaking around. Why? I don't think she was sneaking around. I think she was closing up. Sh- she was closing the blinds. Or the- you said closing up shops. She was like, I'm done, <laughs> yeah, y'all. Right. I got enough money <laughs> to rent this week. So don't come back. 
I was totally about to say close up shop. <laughs> I didn't feel, I, I did not feel anything shady there. No, I, I think she was closing. They're not even blinds. One of those things, shutters. She was closing it. Why did that room have shutters instead of Because it's the Huntington. <laughs> she, it's the Mathis I Motel. Remember that one? This is a massive smoke too. I thought. 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 I I mean, she did leave the New Orleans mob. to go to Minneapolis. Or maybe that cab driver was still running around. Where's my money? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, the kid isn't pulling in the crowds like he used to. So how big were the crowds before? And why is the revolution still performing there if they suck so bad? Do I mean, you... go ahead. I mean, it's got to be a fire code, and it seemed like they were a full house. So, what was Billy looking for? How much bigger do you need? It looked <laughs> fine. It was packed. It was packed. Do you think people came because they knew who Francis L. was, and that's his kid? Yes. Those young it's people? It's Francis L. Jr.? Yes. He was that big a deal. He was hmm. that big. They grew up listening Look, to Francis L. Our kids listen to the Beatles, and... And Prince. And yeah, Prince. it was like, oh, it's Prince Cell, son. Y'all, we gotta go. Mm-hmm. It was on it. Wow. And the mother, that's Mother Elsa. And that's why she Billy, was a drummer. And that's why Billy had a soft spot, I think. It was shrinking the crowd, although it looked big to me. And I think mm-hmm. he had a soft spot for him. Like, come on, man. We know you can do it. Yeah. I, I, was the kid's downfall besides? I didn't put this as a question, but I'm curious. Was his downfall as a as a musician at First Avenue, um, Apollonia? I because he his... started cranking out the. That's when he, Billy got started getting mad at him. But Billy huh. had told him. I said. Hold on. No more. He he I said no more of your personal yeah, stuff. I told you before about the personal stuff. I think it had been mm-hmm. brewing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was agreeing with you. I, I thought you were. Bu- you oh, um, oh. I accidentally unplugged my uh headphones. Oh, okay. I, oh. I was about to agree with what I think where I think you were going with that. Billy was saying no. I told you about your personal stuff on stage. So it feels like to, it's he, been a something brewing. Because he was working on his stuff with Jill. <clears throat> Um, oh a few God. a few weeks ago, <laughs> he made a song. He made a song like "I Don't Want You," and he sang that on this. On and he's like, "Look, I, I only got one waitress, so you got to deal no. with that somewhere else." At most, <clears throat> the kid was working out issues with Wendy. Okay, we not playing your music. <laughs> Drop it. <laughs> I missed everything you just said. Okay, I have to listen later. <laughs> um, what was I saying? I was saying that um, I forgot. Forget it. Billy. Oh. Oh, I was saying I don't think Apollonia was his downfall because Billy said, "What? Remember, I told you no more this personal shit on my right. stage." Right, and that's kind of what we were going to. So okay. Agreed. Agreed. So it didn't feel like it was yeah. Apollonia alone. It feels like mm-hmm. kid is always oh, kind of doing his own thing. I think I think he always doing his own thing. I think he lived under the specter of his father. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, last one. Why did no one notice the kids' depression? Because of the 80s. I'll tell you why. Because it was the 80s and because black people like to act like we can't suffer from depression. Well, why right. didn't the white people notice? He got three white people They ain't care. Um, he treat them like trash. They don't care. They ain't like, maybe this will go off himself. They ain't know care. when to step in. They don't know what they get from kid every day. They tiptoe into the, into the dressing area exactly. or the practice area. Like, how you feeling today? Is this a good exactly. day? Exactly. Nice which, 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 which twin is it? That's what they right. were wondering. Which right. one of y'all here get? today? Are we getting Francis some, Jr.? <laughs> right. Some people, no matter how much you care about them or how much you like them or whatever, if their attitude or demeanor is too off-putting, you don't even try. You don't. And I feel, I got the feeling from them that they used to try at some point. Mm-hmm. Because they all kind of look at each other about things. And I think they know, okay, let's stay in our lane on this one, y'all. If he need us, he'll right. say so. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate, but okay. Right. Sometimes maybe you will step in and say, what's up? All right. All right. So let's, okay, we got a few themes. This movie had uh, quite a few themes and um, music. Music was pretty much the centerpiece of the movie. And in my opinion, like in Under Cherry Moon, the music was like an, another character or part of the set. All of the um, songs were important to the movie. However, t- um, a few really helped to move the storyline. Um, Let's Go Crazy basically introduced everyone to the um, to to the audience. It did, didn't it? It, it, it yeah. introduced us to yeah. everybody. Yeah, let us see yeah. what the feel was, what First Avenue was like, what the vibe was. Right. Yeah. Um, Take Me With You was it? It showed you the um. The blossoming romance of <laughs> Apollonia and or lustmance, should I say that? <laughs> <Of> Apollonia <laughs> and the kid. The beautiful ones, you know, brought out that conflict. You know, I, you know, it really showed kid as a little bit possessive as someone who really ain't got the girl yet, but already demanding <laughs> he was a that you make a decision. A lot of it. <laughs> because not only she had to make a decision, she was just sitting at the table with the dude. Exactly. Talking she business. No, she didn't even invite him to None the table. She didn't even invite him. The kid did not know what was going on. Right. So um, that he was already, you know, showing the possessiveness. And, and in, in my opinion, I thought Morris was a bit possessive for somebody who was just flirting. Agreed. God, which is the love thing from Purple Rain, um, that that was the the sex scene, the so, love scene. Wait, so God, as in God made you. Yeah, really? It's, that it's, was it's the love song. Instrumental. Yeah. It was instrumental. That was the sex so they didn't scene. Count it. Yeah. You know, okay. with the creepy crying and everything. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it also it, it also established if you hadn't figured out something was wrong with the kid before Apollonia, that, it excited her. Said, yes. Yeah. God was the establishment that was that the kid um was um in need of some help and no one was hearing. He was crying. He was the one crying in that like you know, the help she gave him was in the form of poem. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Lord. Um, Computer Blue was the realization that maybe his dad was a, a little more talented than he probably gave him credit for. Not, not just an abusive guy, but he actually had some talent. And Darling Nikki was basically where he um, 
kind of broke down, you know, again, possessive, you know, you suck and I'm going to show you why you suck. Purple Rain, in Purple Rain, he, um, what'd you say? He, that's his healing process. And then I would die for you and baby, I'm a star. Everybody loves him instantly, you know. Yeah, you're back. You're back. Morris, your spot is, we, no, we, not, we taking your spot, not the kids. So good luck. You on my you. spot, Morris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's basically what it was. So my questions, real quick, on the songs. First, mm-hmm. with, two parter. First with Computer Blue. Was that a conscious choice that this is the song that people would say is the weird one or the one where you just went way off to the left? Um, the song in itself, to me, compared to the other songs on the album, is a little less. It's less commercial, so I would imagine it's very art. I can't see that being played on the radio. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, it's I, their loss. It's their loss that they don't hear. It radio. is definitely their loss. Right. When I was younger, it was my favorite. I guess beautiful women, mm-hmm. but I still I love it. But I, I, that doesn't mean anything. Of course, it doesn't take away from anything. But I just thought that was interesting that it was the one where everybody's staring at him like, except the crowd. The crowd is jamming. Right. But people he know are looking like, what is he on? What is this right. song? And I'm like, huh? What, is it really throwing you that much? But my other question is for I would die for you and baby I'm a star. Like y'all were just saying, you want my spot, Morris? Was this his way of saying, the kids' way of saying, okay, I can do the commercial thing? Because those songs right. did feel like, this is yes. what y'all wanted? This is what the people wanted? Okay, let me go on and give them that. Be- and because he was able to be artistic and commercial all in one with both of those songs. Because yeah. I thought, um, I would, if, if there, I thought, I would die for you would, would be the one that was a little more commercial, but he strolled right into Baby I'm a Star, which is, hey, more and to me, and Baby I'm a Star was kind of an in your face to Morris oh, and it Billy. It is, it is. I agree. Okay, interesting. But Morris loved it. That's that's the I thing know, right? I, I love too that he converted Morris and Jerome by the end. So and we're exactly there. We gotta admit exactly. this right here is hot. It's hot, y'all. Right, right. <laughs> Morris so, and Jerome just wanted to dance. Morris and Jerome are just they the the hater rate the, the glass of hater rate was empty and it's like oh, I just joined the party. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right, um, Leona, let's talk about this art versus commercialism. Okay. Um, so like we were saying before, Billy thinks that the crowds are not digging the cute kids' music, and it seemed to really stand out with Computer Blue, and then Doll and Nikki is when they had the fight. Because um, Billy wants asses in the seats, not art. But is that the, well, he also says, again, that he doesn't want the personal stuff. So, mm-hmm. do you feel like Billy is completely opposed to the artist, to the art artistry that kid has? He can't be completely opposed to it because the beautiful ones really kind of was also artistic, and he knows Francis L. So he can't, and he knows Francis L. He knows he know probably know more about the career than the kid does, and he still allowed the kid to play at his club so he can't be 100 percent opposed to it right maybe it's not the art he has a problem with maybe it's he knows how much the kid is like francis l 
Mm-hmm. And he knows it didn't take much to set Francis L. off onto that wrong, that different path. Right. And he's just trying to keep him on the right path. Like father, like son. Don't go there. Um. So they say, oh, Francis L., also like we were saying before, may have given up his career because he chose his art over commercialism. Which is possible, because he did seem... When he was first playing the jam that the kid heard and turned into Computer Blue, or included in Computer <laughs> Blue. Oh, pardon me. Oh, there is not screaming in the background. Um, so it's possible that he chose his, uh, to give up his career. And I say that in agreement because um, when he's playing the song for Computer Blue that the kid hears, I'm so sorry I have to stop. Okay, go ahead. Okay, 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 we'll jump in. Um, (laughs) I don't know what point she's about to make. So actually, let's leave that one and go to see. What do you think? Okay. Okay. So something we see Prince dealing with throughout his career, especially after the Sense of Purple Rain, um, is this idea of art versus commercialism. And uh, a really big example of that is the symbol slave situation. Him changing his name to an unpronounceable symbol in etching slave on his face and his beard right and and to me it 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 did all begin after i mean it probably was always there for him to since this movie is you know slightly based on his life it probably always was there but it really stood out after the commercial success of purple rain you know from an um why can't I think around the world in a day on there was just this expectation that he was going to live up to what he did and proper rain. And it was always obvious that Prince just wanted to make music. And I, I never took anything about him as being, as him having this sort of internal conflict between art and commercialism. Maybe, maybe what you're saying, it was more like an outside thing. People, I think it's an outside thing. I don't yeah. think it's him. I think it was the the label, the producers, you and know, all you know, it's, it's always it's a business. It's just so weird to me that anybody would be listening to his fo- follow-up music and saying they want it to be like Purple Rain, which I love Purple Rain, but so many of his albums after just were better. Like but re- because it, he was more mature, because he was doing different things musically. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, it's just, it boggles my mind that people would even think like that. Because I'm like, were you paying attention to the other stuff? No. The other stuff no, they weren't. They were, not paying, they were not paying attention to um, controversy and for you. And everything that led, they, pro- they probably started paying attention to him in 1999. But they were not paying, maybe a little bit to controversy, but they were not paying attention to the artists that led up to Purple Rain. It's just, and it also is weird to me because, honestly, I don't even see Purple Rain as a commercial album. It, uh, but it was a crossover no, no, success. No, I, I mean, it was a crossover that, success, but mm-hmm. like, when I hear it, when I, I guess because I'm that fan, because we're those fans, I see this as just a natural progression. It's just a piece. It's just a piece of the puzzle. Like, it, if I listen to it, like, uh, on the, uh, the anniversary of his death, I listened to, I didn't get through everything, so I'm going to continue, of course, on Wednesday, but on the anniversary of his death, I was listening to all of his albums in chronological, chronological order, and it just... It made sense where it was. It's like, Purple Rain is here and it makes perfect sense. And it, mm-hmm. 
doesn't sound like the rest but sounds like the rest and it's just perfect to me that's why it's like it's just mind-boggling to me that anybody could say well the rest of them didn't live up to this think about the audience that they're trying to appeal to remember that always remember the audience that the people who are really into pop music i don't need to specify who um they really don't look for change everything sounds the same you know especially back then in the 80s pop music all sounded the same mostly in my are, opinion are we about to have another one of those conversations where you dog out the best decade of music um, no, because that's not what the podcast is about, but we can have one about that later on if you want. Oh my gosh, I would love to, but I'm back. I, I missed part of it. I just want to, I'm with you and I hear what you're saying. I think that's a big part of it. Like, people only wanted to hear, let's go crazy, I would die for you, take me with you. They didn't want to hear what was next. Mm-hmm. Nothing right. about Prince stayed exactly the same. Like you were saying, it you can feel um, the decade or whatever. You can feel like you know when it was made, but nothing about the next thing feels the same. So Around the World in the Day was completely different. Right. Mm-hmm. And it blew people away. And then, you know, Parade was like even more different. So I think that people mm-hmm. couldn't understand why he wouldn't stay in this box. Yeah. Um, we, that we, we just went to see while you were dealing with your situation. So you can go back to being finished your thought. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I mean, I think I had. Okay. Oh, no, I was sending computer blue. Sorry. What I was saying was that was a great scene to me just because, you know, it's short. He's playing his music, but he's also like letting kid know like, yeah, I got talent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't have to write my music down, sucker. I got it all up in my head. That's what. That's the difference between me and you. And like, try to play him to the left. You know, he be writing his music down. Right. But I still feel like that plays into the art versus commercialism thing. Like there, were, it meant so much to him to be able to say, "I can sit down and play this piano," and I know it without looking at sheet music. I can just do this. It meant a lot to him to have the actual mu- the talent that goes into the music, Francis. And it meant a lot to him. Right. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so, and that's another thing about Prince, because you remember he's not um, a trained musician, and he what back then, at least before he got his career started, he wasn't known for being able to read me or write music or you know read, the actual yeah. sheet music. So this is this was like I can do this. See, you know, mm. you like my cheese face? Not really. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> it's kind of scary. Like che- cheese face? Huh? Cheese face? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> All right. You know what? Forget y'all. Let's take a break. <laughs> Press rewind. Where's the remote? Fandom City Cinema. Fandom City Town Hall Meeting. Second time around. Listen to your favorite Fandom City podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Tune in, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Check out fandomcity.com and follow the Fandom City Facebook and Twitter pages for updates on current podcasts and for information on future podcast series. All right, we're back. T, let's talk a little bit about something that wasn't that obvious the unrequited love, <laughs> unrequited lust. 
I think it wasn't that obvious because it's all in your head. Anyway. No, um, you want me to talk about it then? Um, I mean. Jill, according to some people, Jill had unrequited love for the kid. You didn't see that? I guess. She had a thing for him. She had a thing for him. Don't him. Know. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't believe in unrequited love, so this is all, all right. like, you like them, Okay. And it is, but you can love somebody and them not love you back. Yeah, you just don't know, believe don't believe that. that. I never understood I believe that. that. But she doesn't believe oh, that. I do. Never I, believe that. I don't believe in it. Shell everyone. I believe you can love from tea. afar. I don't believe that either. <laughs> I believe it's better to love from afar than even be bothered with loving for real. <laughs> Ooh, I don't believe you can love somebody who does not love you back. That's just how, why huh? Huh? Right, Never mind. <laughs> I've asked I've asked this many times how, why you feel this way. I feel like I never get an answer. I completely understand. I've answered you. You, you probably just don't, I understand, don't understand my answer. But I am with you on the Jill thing. It just felt like a little crash. <laughs> yes. She was jealous. She had jealous. It was unrequited love. You have a crush. She was in love with him. You can be jealous of somebody crushing on your crush. Yeah, she was in love. I'm going with unrequited love. No, that was not love. It's opinion. It's opinion. I, I know it's opinion. Um, And Morris had unrequited love for Apollonia. <laughs> I don't know. Did you even have to, like, call it unrequited lust? It was just lust. He was going to lust after whoever. He had lust for every woman that walked in front of him. Sure did. He was trying to get in everybody's panties. Except Wendy and Lisa, because they was like, fool, we know what you're about. Plus, we're gay. Leave us alone. Right. <laughs> mm. Now, this is a hard one and long one. Like, got insecurity. Yeah, huh? Nothing. Oh, my goodness. Go on, <laughs> Shell. Oh, oh, okay. Thing. <laughs> insecurity and male, fr- male fragility. The male ego. Oh, my all favorite that wrapped subject. up in one. And we my got some favorite. bullying and some plain old hateration going on up in here. And a dancery. I know, right? <laughs> um, let's. Start, I'm gonna. I, I, I'm gonna change the order a little bit. Let's start with Morris and Jerome because I, I thought that that they were. Um, I thought I always thought that Morris was insecure with the kid. Where the kid, where it came to the kid. I don't even know what's up with Jerome. I think Jerome just a yes man. Yeah. And, but um, I never understood why. Why do you want to be right. a yes man? Right. He wanted to fit in. Look, he does not sing. He does not play an instrument. Why is he in the group? Why is he in the... T- <laughs> he has to find his he way. This to, is his hold way. the mirror. Because, oh, I'll yeah. hold the mirror. I'll get your coffee. I'll throw chicks in the garbage for you. Just let me be so, a group, please. So we can stick with my girl Friday um description yeah. then. Just let me get on stage. That's all mm-hmm. I want. So I, you know, his his treatment of um the kid is, is pretty bad. His treatment of Apollonia is pretty bad. You you know, when you, I didn't even list that. I didn't like the way he treated Apollonia. I, I think I we know. can all agree he's a piece of shit. <laughs> like he's a garbage no. person. He is. And and the fact that he thought that he had a right to be insecure when it came to Apollonia and the kid, one, you don't really know their relationship. And two, you don't have a relationship, not even a friendship with her. Why are you insecure when it comes or feel like you got a, a, a space? You know, you're you're no one in this situation. I'll tell you why. Because he likes skin. Proceed. Oh, I was going to say because he's a man, but okay. <laughs> 
Oh, I said Finna. Okay. Anyway. What's up with Finna? I thought it was just, I don't know. I should have put this in the, I think I did. I'm, a, I'm not going to talk on that one. The way the time treated the kid after Francis L's suicide attempt, that was, you know. Uh, I don't know how I did this. My notes are kind of... Yeah, it's just... Yeah. Oops. Carry on. Let's go back to... I'm sorry with the kid. Again, because I thought that Jill had a little crush, more than a crush. And I thought that the kid knew it and he didn't squash it. I thought he kind of teased her. Maybe it's just me. Whoa, and how would he squash it? I don't Somebody like you. Move you. on. Oh. Are we that work? Jill? Does that huh? work? Maybe he did say that, but does that work? I don't know. It never works for me. It don't work on men. I'm just being honest with you. Uh, right. It don't work on men, but I, you know, but I think women, you know, kind of take the hint. Women appreciate honesty until they're right. crazy. You're right. Maybe she's crazy. Okay, I don't people. know. I wouldn't include Jill in this, in his, in his thing. The rest of it, I'm with you on. Carry on. Um, the fact that he, you know, the fact that he wouldn't help Apollonia or told him that he wouldn't help, told her that he wouldn't help her. It seemed like he was teasing her, but it's pretty serious. And um, the fact that he know he knew exactly why she she you know took that bus from New Orleans to to Minneapolis and he don't want her to have a career in the music industry. Me myself, I my name Apollonia and he said I don't want you in this. I'd be like, you you well we're done. Like well they were done anyway because he had hit her first. I mean he ain't even started. I didn't get their whole their whole relationship was weird to me. Like I don't even know you enough to care how you feel about what I should be it, doing. Exactly. Right. That's why I keep asking what is the time span? Like was this a year? Like, no you have no right to tell me no. what I can and cannot do. I don't care who you yeah, are. Uh-uh. Right. I mean, let me tell you something that people don't know about men. Once you do the deed, they think they own you. Y'all so. can send y'all hate mail to her. I ain't saying <laughs> Right. Uh, uh-huh. Send right, y'all like. mail, fragile, fragile tears to her. I got none of Jesus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't send me any mail. Just face the truth. <laughs> Jeez. She just the way, down. <laughs> the way, um, I ain't like the way he treated Wendy and Lisa. Just listen to the song or just tell him you don't want to hear the song. Don't, he, he, he dragged it out. You know, he kind of teased him a little bit, made him think it's a possibility. Then he just had that little breakdown. and was like, I'm not going to listen to, I'm not going to play your song. You should have said that to begin with. They could have went gay to tape the Morris or something. Wouldn't make <laughs> Would it make you feel better if he did all of them like that? Like, what if he treats them all like that? Oh, I think he treat them all like that. I think that the guys are like, whatever. I just, I just, I just give me my chat. I don't <laughs> care. I'm not writing a song for you, and I'm not playing it here at the clubs. So you can walk in on me. I'm, I'm playing it at home in the basement. <laughs> I just is all wrong. I'm sorry. I. I, I got my stuff flipped around. I, I we I, I gotta go back to Morrison and are we just talking about we, talk, we talking about are we talking about male fragility? Can I throw something in there? Uh huh. It's not fragility. It's really about men. Uh-huh. Why was he so creepy? Why was the kid so creepy when he first met met Apollonia? Like why was he standing so close to her? 
on her face. Like, was that supposed to be sexy? But it worked. Um, but that's the thing. You ain't never had a man get a little too close to you? Yes. And I was creeped out. And I was like, dude, you need to back up. Oh, I'm not saying it's okay, but I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, I have men, like, what's your name? My name is Step Back. That, that's I my think, name. But, but real question is, why did it work? Like, it's, that's how you know a man wrote it. Right. Well, in all honesty, I've had it. And I've been like, you need to step off. But I've also had it from a real fine dude and was like, oh. <laughs> hey. I did. I did say to the minister, he said, ain't that creepy? Like, would you be okay if a guy was standing behind you like that? I was like, is he Prince? And he was like, well, no. I was like, well, does he look like Prince? Because I might have to be like, hey, boo, hey. And see, that, that, that just make us look bad, though. You I know. know. Look, we are complex and complicated creatures, okay? Right. There are things we don't like, but there are things we can let go. This is one of them. You know. <laughs> I, I I guess I, I, I skipped um how um Morris treated um the ladies. We'll talk about that. Let's cut that then abuse. Um then we Francis Sale. Um he um Kept his wife on lockdown. At least tried to keep her on lockdown. When she wasn't on lockdown, she was locked out apparently because he put her on the curb a couple times. I'm guessing. And then him advising the kid not to get married. Why? Why would you advise your son not to get married? You don't. You are the worst part of your marriage. We don't know so, that. Well, here we do. <laughs> You're I, think, <laughs> I think that he thinks he's advising. I think he feels like marriage changed him and made him into this. Mm. So he okay. thinks, hey, you, you got a girlfriend, you love her, y'all can get married? Don't. Because I was happy before me and your mom made that mistake. And now I beat her. <laughs> okay. And I feel like, right. I feel like he, he feels like because of his unhappiness and his insecurity, after having gotten married, is why it's her fault because they married. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna put that well. It was in the right category, the male ego. All right. Um. So, um, Leona, you want to talk about domestic abuse a little bit? Well, to me, that's kind of almost the the. Oh, that's a big part of the movie that, and, and no one ever talks about that. Really, you think? Because nobody cares know, what happens to women. I felt like it, it's. Oh, I don't remember being talked about at the time. I feel like as I got older, I heard it. So, um, it is absolutely a big part of the movie. So, like we were, we've been saying, Francis is abusive towards kid's mother. Um, to the point where not only is he physically hitting her, but he doesn't want her to leave. She says, you never let me have any fun. He says, you need to stay in the house. I was trying to make you happy. I would die for you. Like, why are you giving her all this? Why are you putting all this on her? Mm-hmm. And kid doesn't even know how to deal with them. He tries to break up their fights, which leads to him getting pushed around. Or even remember... When they are happy and making out and, and Apollonia looks through the window and sees them, he calls them a freak show. And he calls them a freak show. Is it because, oh, yeah, sure, that's happening now, but they're going to be fighting soon. Mm-hmm. So you can't tell, like, does he not believe in their love? Does he not believe in their relationship? Because he's seen the abuse so much. I would think that, that you know, how, how you, you see him, you see your father hitting on your mother on a regular basis and... 
and then if you know they all cuddled up on each other and it's like which 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 is it are you in love or what I would I would venture a guess that the kid thinks that's, that the whole thing is love. Even though he calls them the freak show. I think he called them the freak show because they were making out on the couch. I don't think he's even thinking about the fact they fight, he beats her, and then they get back together. I think he's just like, why they gotta be on the couch doing this? They he's at home. Kids. Why can't they? No, I'm just saying, that's how I think he thinks. That's how, like, that's how you know he's young, too. Um, but I think he thinks this is how relationships just are. Like... You hit her, and then y'all make up. Right. And she'll do what you says. She'll do what you say. And if she doesn't, you hit her, and then y'all make up. That's just how he thinks relationships work. Actually, yes. And mm-hmm. that shows in yeah. his behavior towards Apollonia. Mm-hmm. Where, same thing. Again, we have no idea how, how much time has gone for this relationship, but it, it cannot be much. But uh, she does a wonderful thing of bringing him a, as a gift, a guitar he'd been eyeing for a long time. She brought it to him. He was so excited. He was so pleased. Oh, my gosh. No, no. Oh, no. So happy. And then she drops the bomb. I'm joining Morris's group. And his immediate reaction is to not just hit her, but whack her across the room. No questions, just immediately hit. And he tries to immediately go be tender. Yep. I just mm-hmm. don't want you around that. I just, like, as if he's protecting her. Yeah, right. And, like, T is saying, like, this is his idea of loving. And in all honesty, this is for a lot of people people who are abused and do the abusing. They, they honestly see this as a loving thing a lot of times not everybody obviously but a lot of times that is once you see it and, and feel it so many times it feels normal mm-hmm. and it just feels like kid is is living that cycle but doesn't realize it till later in the movie there's a point in the movie when he realizes oh my gosh i'm just being my dad but i mm-hmm. think he has no idea he's just being his dad right right and even later in the movie when he almost hits through a push they get into a fight and he's straddles her and is about to hit her and she challenges him it's like it almost clicks but I still don't think it fully clicked mm-hmm. it clicked a little bit like oh wait she acknowledges that I'm about to hit her uh oh this might not be the right thing to do but I still don't think he realized that he has to actually break the cycle right mm-hmm. and I um, wonder if it had been different if his mother had challenged Francis L but I, instead I feel of like just she- Go ahead. I mean, then she yelled at him a lot, but maybe at one point she should have just went on and left. You know, I'm not saying she was. I'm. I don't. I'm not. Don't think I'm trying to blame the the victim. I'm just wondering, would he have seen something differently, or maybe would she did challenge, but then she cuddled up right, right up under me. It had to confuse him, as somebody that's an outsider watching. It, it did confuse him, but. Francesca is just like the kid. This is love. She thinks this is love. She's been right. with this guy forever. 
And she thinks this is this is this is how I know he loves me. If he didn't love me, he wouldn't hit me and ask me where I've been. He wouldn't right. tell me to stay away from this dude and that dude. He wouldn't want me to be home with up under him all the time. Right. He it's, wouldn't it's keep an abusive you know. pattern. Exactly. <laughs> like that kind of thing actually does work on her because she's like, Yeah, you're right. I have a home to come to at the end of the day. Exactly. I have a home to come to. I have a man who loves me. I have a child who's great. Why should I be looking for more than that? Right. And the kid is looking to have a lonely. Like, what else do you want? Yeah. I know I you mean, live in a motel I, and I'm in a basement, <laughs> but I could give you everything. I could give you everything you want if you would just stop being a whore. <laughs> Except um, I can't give you the $20 a night to stay in that <laughs> hotel. And there is no room for you in my house. So I can't give you the $20 a, a month for rent. Like, get a friggin' apartment. <laughs> Your mother is grown. Let her deal with her own shit. And... Um, I guess we can move from the kid and just quickly say Jerome and Morris. I'm sorry if I missed it. I'm not sure how much you talked about the dumpster lady. But just the fact that they feel like it's okay to treat women the, the way they do. I'm just having to be in control of a situation in this way. It's just yeah, interesting like how that was done. Go on. Not just even domestic abuse, the, 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 the emotional abuse right. from men in this movie. Like Apollonia wasn't there for. I put this somewhere else in the notes because I didn't know where to put it. This is a perfect spot for it. Um, Apollonia wasn't aware of it, but every time Morris talked about her, he called her the bitch. Right. When, when the bitch gets here, you're going to do this. And if right. the bitch don't like that, we're going to have to do this. And if the bitch join my group, we're going to do this. Why? Well, Why? not when he complimented her and he was talking about what a fine motherfucker she was. Yeah. And then he Ooh. says... Your lips will make a lollipop too happy. Mm. Like, there's so much disrespect. Okay. Now, and then, okay, Purple Rain dealt with, and and it dealt with um, issues that we don't see dealt with a lot in um movies from the 80s but it really didn't delve into it it was just there and that was depression and anger issues and of course um attempted suicide i bet you if you were to ask anybody who was involved with that movie now they would say there was no depression in this movie you think oh yeah i mean well the way the way clarence williams played it i mean that was deep. His face said depression. He had depression written all over his face. I bet you they would say it was he just had a hard day or he looked like he was he always didn't know how almost, to control his wife or. But he even you know in the computer blue scene he looked he was already being tears. Even if they admit it now, I don't feel like they thought it at the time. No, no, definitely no. not. But they and that explains why they didn't delve into it. Um. So that the, we already asked the question, why did no one see the signs? And even if you're the band members and you don't know which kid you're getting from day to day, you, there is no point where you step in and say, dude, are you okay? Well, I mean, no. If if you, if he treats you like crap, no. And I... I guess I'm I'm that type of person. Like I I just am that kind of person. If you should be like crap enough, I don't care how you're doing. 
I really do not. And it's probably a terrible way to live, but right. I I do have to say, in defense of the band, I guess at least of the band, maybe not people closer to him. We are seeing more than they are, so we don't know like what right. they see as they perform or rehearse. We mm-hmm. know he's moody at times, not knowing what we're gonna get, but they may not have known the deeper stuff. Right. Really. Well, what about Billy? Because he saw Francis. We he have saw. heard just from our childhood for years. Um, get over this. It's not a big deal. Um, people have dealt with worse situations in their life. So that's probably how Billy was looking at like, please, your father grew, grew up during a great depression. This is not a big deal. Calm down. Everything will be all right. Your father hit your mother. You lucky your father has not killed your mother. You know what I'm saying? That's how I feel like maybe it's less now, but that's how black people have always tried to dealt with this stuff. I remember people telling me that. Oh, you're not depressed. You don't think about the stuff that you really have to, people other than you have to deal with. Think about kids dying of hunger in Africa or think about people dying in the streets in LA. Like, please, stop it. And that's probably how Billy was looking at it. Like, your life is great. You got a house? Your parents are still married? You gotta, you don't have to take care of yourself. You can do this gig and get paid peanuts? Please. I, I would ask how come Apollonia didn't see the signs, but I really do believe that their relationship was less than two weeks old. Right, so she kind of didn't know. I think she wanted to know more, but I just don't feel like she knew enough to, to fully understand it. Cause I don't think he was letting her in either. I don't no. think so either. I think she went over his house, what, twice. I think the problem with their relationship was is that it wasn't a relationship. Like, they didn't know each other. They got together far too soon. I won't say they had sex too soon. They called it a relationship too soon. Like, a a romantic thing. Right. Way too soon. Because they didn't even know each other. So, the first time he hits her, she's like, wait, what? Right. Like, who's expecting that? Right. And maybe if they had spent more time with each other, she would have seen some anger burst out of him before it got to hitting. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But, yeah. Um, I'll also say to that, I thought to myself this last time I watched it, it's the first time I thought it, his father attempted suicide. We know how much it affected him. Where was Apollonia? I thought that, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then I had to think, again, she didn't know her place in the situation. She really never knew what she was supposed to do. I don't think that she didn't care. She right. may have even heard it late because they weren't talking, so she didn't know what happened. And right. by the time she did, she probably just didn't know how to approach it. Right. So uh, there was this part of me that was like, where are you at? But then I realized that, gosh, she really didn't know what to do with this guy. <laughs> right. 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 I mean, he was sending so many, he was sending her so many crazy signals. Like, hit her and then love her and then, I don't know, it was just too much. And then like, at the same time, she has to protect herself. Because... I want to comfort you because your father almost killed himself like while you were in the house. But at the same time, I don't know what might set you off. But she did I don't know show up. That. I mean, she showed up later, but maybe she showed up after he went to her and was like, hey, I'm sorry. I see, I see the toll this is taking. I see how wrong I've been. 
There's so much that happens off camera that right. We don't I, know. I, I almost wish there were. I almost wish there were words that sort of said, "Hey, this happened three like, three weeks later." That way we would know. Some time it passed, and maybe they talked to each other for us to know um, where they are in their relationship or where, right. where he is with anybody. So, do you think that his anger issues? Wendy, Lisa, Billy just saw that as moodiness. Yes, I think so. I think Wendy, Wendy and Lisa. Lisa saw, mm-hmm. Go ahead. I think they saw it as he doesn't want us to come up. Right, and I think they were uh, honestly tiptoeing out. Oh yeah, definitely. And the guys definitely were just like, hmm, whatever. So what he does. We're men. We don't talk about our emotions. We don't right. care. So, okay, we did talk about Francis L. attempted suicide. He shot himself. Then we see that the kid visualized his own suicide because they left him there. What kind of police leave someone at the scene of, I don't want to say the crime, but at the scene of an attempted suicide? Send him to a hotel or something. They should have put him on a 24-hour hold. Sorry. So, um, obviously, he visualizes his own his, um suicide and then he um tears up the house or basement messed up all of francesca's um jars and that was him he knocked those pig's feet on the floor the pig's feet (laughs) but um everything about this scene scary when i was younger yeah it's funny because especially this jar slamming actually like why are you breaking them jars (laughs) all i could think about was what was that smell like (laughs) i um, onions because it looked like it was some jarred onions up in there. Some peppers but, um, and some onion pig's jelly. feet. I ain't onion seen no pig's feet. I ain't seen no pig's feet. He threw those but, down first. Um, I don't know why she like pig's feet. Ah. <laughs> but, um, I'm vegetarian. Ah. Um, he so he had his his moment and then he had to sleep it off. But he played music, so you you know he had a little. It's, it's a, basically it seemed like oh uh, yeah I had a a a, a it, I was a, a a a real bad moment of um depression and you know fear of suicide. But he had a little music therapy to um pull himself out. You think that's how he always pulled himself out? And will that last? You know. He need to talk to someone. But I did. Did y'all see it as a music therapy? I don't know. I can't say he's always used it as a way to pull out. I think the prop, the thing that made it, maybe the thing that made it work was that it was his father's music that he found. And he realized his father's a freaking liar. <laughs> you, you write everything down. <laughs> you write everything down. You even got lyrics on here, B. Um, I think that Seeing, excuse me, realizing his father is um, just a man, you know, probably helped him. But he needs help. Like, I know people think it's, it, it makes sense. Like, if they don't have time, they just don't want to. Like, and they do all this self-diagnosis and think, I'm just going to do this and I'll feel better. No, 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 no. He needs help. Of course, later he sees a shaman and then we, that's what we find out on. Right, he has an angel following him, and he must. I think he went into a a sweat lodge and exercised some demons. I think he took, but that's just oh yeah, definitely. 
So um, there were some other things the end throughout the movie that, that weren't really main themes, but something that really, you know, caught our attention. Um, um, Leona, you want to grab that first one? Okay. Um, colorism. <clears throat> there were no brown or dark skinned women in this movie or in Graffiti Bridge. Um, I feel like I saw enough in the audience. What do you want? <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. So Susan from <laughs> Susan from Apollonia Six was the darkest woman in Purple Rain. Maybe Staples was the brownie in Graffiti Bridge. But neither of them are dark. Thoughts? Do you um do you think that was a, a casting call? Yes. Because colorism I was big in the eighties when it came was to big, movies. Still is big. If I didn't know what I know about Hollywood right now, I would say, ooh, Prince got a... Prince color struck. But I know what I know about Hollywood. No. They probably put... They probably... Ain't no telling how many dark-skinned women went in there and they were like, no. And just chose the lightest-skinned person they could find. I think for Apollonia, they wanted somebody who favored vanity. Probably. But there's no reason why on Graffiti Bridge there couldn't have been a dark-skinned woman in that role. As Aura? Yeah. Yeah, especially, you know, since he worked so well with... Well, forgive me. Um, Rosie! Rosie, yeah. Yeah, okay. (laughs) No, that's Bonnie. Oh, which one is Rosie? Rosie Gaines was in the Power Generation. I hate the Power Generation. Okay, anyway. Oops, hello. <laughs> oh, what's next? Um, Bonnie. Leona, Leona. Oh, continue. Leona, with you want to stick yeah. Okay, so yeah. let's talk about some diversity and the interracial friendships, which honestly is important as young ladies like ourselves growing up in the 80s sorry but purple rain told me everybody lived in harmony <laughs> <laughs> unless the music wasn't good <laughs> um the revolution being a group just of people who all look different men and women and they all look different and the time sure they were all men but they all looked different and looking at the crowd at the club i thought when i grow up and i go out it's gonna look like first avenue it didn't Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unless he went to a club that, club that sucks. Clubs that suck have all kinds of people. Right. Um, <laughs> but a good fun one? No, not so much. And <laughs> I agree. So Shell says when she was younger, she thought the movie was representative of the real First Avenue in Minneapolis. I would have to agree. I it definitely wasn't... thought that out Minneapolis. Is it not true about First Avenue at least? <laughs> at least, you know. I don't know. Is it? Is it? Um, I don't know. Ask um, the family of Alta Sterling. Is it representative? I don't know. No, I said a First Avenue. Alta I know it's not a Was Minneapolis. Was it? Do you mean but... Philando Castillo? No, I'm getting my people mixed Philando, up. My bad. Yeah, Philando so many happen. Exactly. Pick one. Sorry to go political there. I'm not. But um, <laughs> maybe it is. I don't know. The maybe it of the is. city doesn't really change that part either, though. Right. That's true. I mean, to be honest, we I we all grew up in a, a very diverse city. It's also one of the most segregated cities in the country. Right. So but see, that's what I wanted to. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You go. You go first. I'm gonna say our neighborhood was definitely 
mostly black for like the mm-hmm. longest time, but the schools we we actually saw different people. Yeah. So I I don't know. I, I maybe I was delusional as a kid, but between going to school with all kinds of different people and then seeing movies like A Purple Rain, I definitely thought more of unity than what's right. really happening. You know, they don't do that anymore. You know, the the reason why that existed is because we were bust, and they don't do that anymore. Right. The reason why they did it because it was um, court-mandated, and yeah, but they it was decided court-mandated. to stop listening. They, they bust they us because it was court-mandated to have diversity, and they don't do it anymore. And so now well, it's deeply segregated all over again. Right. Well, and that's because because of these... um Because this city is segregated, and cities like Chicago are segregated. Mm-hmm. But I always wondered growing up with Minneapolis. And please, Minneapolis listeners, feel free to let me know. Did y'all have issues with segregation back then? And do you know? <laughs> because Prince made me believe that y'all were the most rainbow harmonied city in the world. <laughs> Well, guess. Oh yeah, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, T. Let's talk about some standout moments. Standout moments. I, I like that. that. Standout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, first, the first time we see Francis L. abusing the kid's mother, then he ever backed up in a corner. Like, I yeah. mean, what the h, sir? And and when the kid tries to interfere with and stop him, he knocked him into. Ass. He smacked him so hard he slid into another room. Into right? another room. Now that's you know, a hit. You know how hard you got to hit somebody to make that right. happen. Right. I not he can't see Francis. You know what Francis L. He's a long charmin. Because he got to oh, keep that. Pimp, he got to keep that pimp hand strong. So he got to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He gotta go do whatever it takes. He gotta work out the arm muscles. Cause ain't no way you're a pencil pusher and you smack somebody so hard they fly into another room. No I didn't say I said he ran a record store, so he gotta no, he lift does those not. crates of records and cassette tape. <laughs> that ain't enough. Oh he built that record store with his bare hands. That's why he <laughs> anyway. Um when uh, the kid takes Apollonia on his on a joyride, he tells her in order to be part of the music scene, she has to purify herself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. And she believes where they are is Lake Minnetonka. First of all, why couldn't you tell A, he was making all this up as he went along? I know, right? And B, Did why would you assume that was Lake Minnetonka? Right. That was Lake Creepyville. Right. And then it wasn't a lake. That was a pond. And then so like, <laughs> he's watching her get undressed. He sees her take off her pants. He sees her shimmy out of her shirt, like he sees her do the whole thing, like and she modesty. walks slowly at first before yes, she, she runs. Yeah, she walks slowly and she runs in, and then he goes, "Oh wait, not <laughs> not no." It. He didn't go, "Yo," he went, "Oh wait." <laughs> No, you know what? Maybe he didn't think she was going to jump. Maybe he thought he was about to get some in that moment. But as she ran, he still went, oh, wait. Right, right. Because he was like, wait a minute. I thought I was about to get some. That's what he said. Like, wait, what he said? I was about to get some. Said, oh, you ain't giving me that way. He said, that's that's not. <laughs> right. yeah. And then he, he comes out and says, that's it. not like Minnetonka. And then he spends the next few minutes laughing at her. While she struggles mightily to get her wet body into a leather outfit, which I still need to understand how she got to that leather outfit. Because I can't get into a pair of panties if my legs are wet. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. <What? laughs> oh my God. 
and they're <laughs> cotton, so they absorb water. So I need to understand Ooh. this. Um, the Francis, Francis, and Francesca are fighting and decide to stumble on into the basement. Like I don't understand. Okay, is his room in the basement, or is his room somewhere else in the house? And the basement is just his sex shop. <laughs> I think he got they a didn't nice stumble to the setup in them because they didn't stumble down those stairs. They just like took it to the next room where he maybe was. the basement is only a few steps down. Maybe maybe it's not really a basement. It's that you know I don't know. Oh, it's a basement. It's okay, basement. And she ran down there. She she ran down there, kicked in the door. That's a lot to go through. By the time you run down the stairs to kick in the door where your son is, you could have left out the front door, boo. I'm just saying. You went the wrong way. At least that side door where the basement is. You could have just went on and left. I don't most houses come with a front and back door. Front and back door. She just wanted she wanted some help. Her help was a walk away. Leave the house (laughs) and walk and get help. I'm sorry, I just don't understand her point of view. Um but that was a good that that was one of the the best scenes in the in the um, movie. It really you never let me have any fun. You know, I th- I thought the three of them played well off each other, and it really showed that um, Prince had a little bit of acting chops. Yeah, it makes you wonder if he that scene actually played out in his real life. It, it makes you wonder. I mean, he did have a, a they say, you know, and they like I know him, um, had a strained relationship with his father. We had a strained relationship with both of them, with both his parents. And didn't he spend a lot of time with Andre Simone's house? Yeah, he did. That's why I want to know why he wasn't in the movie. Oh, baby. Um, The kid hitting Apollonia. Both times. So the first time is after she makes the infamous statement, I'm going to go join Morris's band. And once again, he must be a longshoreman because he, I mean, he didn't reach that far. It was just a little bit up and he smacked her and she flew across the room. Billy makes him set up his own speakers. Mm. So he's his own roadie. Okay. Yeah. That explains it. Um, And then later after she performs Sex Shooter with Apollonia six, and she's with, he finds her with Morris, and chases her down and makes her come with him, and she wants a drink, and he smacks. He don't he didn't smack her. He he mushes her. He's like a mush mug. Y'all, and is there anybody other than people in Cleveland know what a mug is? No, and I didn't oh. know that I left Cleveland. No one says a mug. No one says no. Mug. What do they say? What do you mug? What is, that what is it? It's just, no, but mush? Is, but mush is like your whole hand flat no. on the person's face. Mush a is mug. what you do with a grapefruit to somebody's face. <laughs> no, right? no one says mush. A pie, you mush a pie in somebody's face. Mug is your hands. Are, imagine the alien monster on somebody's face. So it's like the tips of your fingers are on the face and your palm is it's raised and you mush. push. That's you push. a mug. That's a mug. He mugged the hell out of her. And did you notice she was like smacking his arm? Ah, stop it! Cause I can't breathe. Move! I can't breathe. <laughs> and then he knocked her down. And he got her. He shot her ready to smack her again. And she was like, "Go ahead, punk, do it." She said, "Is that all you got?" And it ripped his. Oh, that's a different movie. <laughs> she did give him that dirty earring back. She right. did. She ripped the earring out. He looked like his heart was broken forever. Oh, she gave yeah. him that. 
Did you notice that neither one didn't put alcohol on that earring before they took it? I absolutely did. He didn't put it. Yes. He didn't put alcohol on that earring before he took it from his mama. I he noticed that as a child. She <laughs> dropped that. She dropped that when she kicked in the basement door. He was like, "Here's a gift for you, Apollonia." Ew. <laughs> so nasty. All the crud. Us oh, is gross. Anyway, um, the argument between the kid and Billy. I don't remember this as well as one of you do. So talk about that. Well, that's when he um, did Computer Blue and Darling Nikki and then stormed off the stage. And Billy basically kicked in the door and was like, hey, I told you about putting your personal stuff on the stage. And they had this fight. And he was like, you know, you're not pulling in the crowd. And he kept on, you know, that's what like father, like son, lay off that. And he, you know, that, you know, they had, that's, that was a, that was a deep one. That, that even, even um, Billy Sparks, you know, put on his little, he, he went to um took a little acting class to to pull that one off. It was pretty good. That was a good scene too. I acted that whole scene out while you were talking. Did you? you? See me? I was like, Billy walked down and the kid was pacing. Right. The door. I acted the whole thing out. That, yeah. <laughs> that was that was a good scene. Um, I it was gonna come to blows. When Sam I'm um, Francis L. Uh, attempted suicide, the kid comes home, and the house. Seems deserted, but all the lights are running in the, in the, uh, except for one light, and the doors are unlocked, and he's calling for them, and they're not there. And then he turns the light. As he turns the light on, his father shoots himself. Did he shoot himself in the basement? Yeah. Why they keep going in the kids' personal space to act out <laughs> their drama? Cause it's their house, I guess. <laughs> it's my house. I can kill myself wherever I want to. Ooh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm annoyed. Why? Why would he do that? There's nothing sacred. The visual it's his the, house. The visualization of suicide. I guess it's you mean like when the kid kept on looking himself, at the the, um, the chalk outline and then looking at the rope, chalk outline, rope, chalk outline, hanging. I didn't know they did chalk outlines and people survived. They they do in the basement of <laughs> Francis L's house. But the scene was his imagination a lot. Right. So it probably was no chalk outline. Right. It probably was no that, rope. Did they, they still do chalk outlines or did they do tape? I don't know. I've never seen a, a murder scene or Me any kind either. of crime I'm scene in <laughs> So You know, we, oh. you know what? I'm going to ask the mister because he went into our neighbor's house back then. I'm going to ask him if he saw chalk outline. Wait, the back in the day? Mm. I might have nightmares. I have nightmares every time I think about them. Why you yourself? I wasn't even in Cleveland when it happened. But I still was like, what? <laughs> Sorry. Um, And uh, starting to heal through the purple rain, he had to hear his father's music and hear Wendy Elise's music and then he's able to did he tell them he did not tell them before it started that he was going to sing their song surprise it was a surprise they looked up well, like uh, surprise um my favorite I'm sorry my favorite part is when he kisses Wendy on the cheek yeah and she looks like okay um <laughs> I wanted to say real quick on the visualization of the suicide was just like that whole scene, not even just visualization, but everything about after uh, the kid is left home alone. I do feel like it, 
that was when he went, I'm going down the wrong path. I, that's That was his cycle-breaking moment. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because that's when he's like, oh, my gosh, I have these great bandmates. Let me use their music. Oh, my gosh, I have this girl who I could have a good relationship with. Let me be right to her. Like, I feel like it was a turning point because I don't want my father to die, but I could go down a path where I'm kind of living in that depression or, you know, continuing right. the cycle where I'm going to attempt suicide at some at some point. And I just think that he saw something different in being left alone in that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why the commercial music kind of was okay, too. Like, I have this great music. I have all kinds of music. Let me not feel like I have to keep my commercial stuff. I'm not a sellout if I make good, fun pop music, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, okay, you got some quotes here. I'm just going to pick out uh, my two favorite quotes. And that's when, um, the first one is when the kid comes home and finds um, Francesca L. sitting on the curb. And um, he goes in the house and he's like, where are you? Where are you? Answer me, motherfucker. And the only reason why I like it is because that Midwestern accent just like strikes you straight in the forehead. It- Motherfucker. That sweet sweet one foot turn he did. (laughs) Pivot. One, two, three. Pivot, Pivot. motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) You know, once you say it like that, you can't stop saying it. I don't, you know, we grew up around people that said motherfucker. But every now and then a motherfucker just comes out. Okay. Right. Sometimes sometimes the motherfucker it makes the point better than with the ass. Does it? it does. A oh, little yeah. bit. Yeah. All I kept on thinking when I was a kid was what kind of white folks did Chris grow up with? <laughs> 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 okay. It's the my other favorite is um, the argument between Billy and the kid. And um, Prince was like, say, you know, that's life. And Billy was like, life my ass? Motherfucker. <laughs> this is a business. <laughs> life my ass, motherfucker. Huh? No, so he said it with the A. He said, okay. he said it. This is a business. You, and you too far gone to see it. <laughs> I like, it's a business. Okay, Billy. Um, y'all can pull some out if y'all have y'all own. Go for it. Sound good. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, facts. Did y'all know that Clarence Williams III, Olga Carlartos, and Apollonia were the only professional actors in this movie? I didn't know Apollonia was an actor. I didn't either. I thought she was a member of Apollonia 6 that just happened to get the job. <laughs> and that's when I saw IMDb, I was like, really? Okay. Serious? I thought her career began right there. Um, all the characters, except for Clarence Williams, except for Francis Ed, Clarence Williams star Olga Carlotta, and the kid, Prince. All, everybody else used their real names. Well, they're not actors, so of course they gotta um, use their real names. Oh, Tony Danza is an actor. Tony Danza, I always think of that. No comment. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the roles of Apollonia were um, originally written for, um, the role for Apollonia was really written for Vanity and was offered to Jennifer Beale, but she turned it down to go to school. Would she have been named Jennifer in it? Would she have, or would she have been Kathy? 
Um, Prince wrote the concept for this movie for Purple Rain during the 1999 tour and it's basically loosely, loosely based on his own life. Cool. In the comments before we move on. I love Purple Rain. Me too. Um, I don't know if I ever told you, but I think I have, like I said before, that it. I didn't, I used to say I didn't like this movie. And I wasn't sure why. Like, I would say not like it. just was like, not something that I broke my neck to watch like I did under the tree. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably because of the sex scene. I don't think about it. Um, but like, just watching it this time, I was just like, this movie is hilarious. It's it's funny. It's got good drama. It's got a good script. Like, it was a perfect movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying that because I worship at the altar of Prince. <laughs> That's not the only reason. Actually, good movie. I heard a rumor that they're remaking it with it Chris not, Brown. Girl, I, will, I will burn the girl. Down. Okay, I'm lying, so I just wanted to respond. I would say slap yourself sure. all the way in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, if you ever, you almost had me going to go find somebody. For real? Oh my goodness, the I just felt that was that was. Hot. Oh my god. <laughs> If they were to remake it, would you no. accept a remake? No. And would you accept a remake with any current no. singers? No. They can remake it in 20 years when my son can do it. Okay. <laughs> they can leave it alone. No, they don't need to remake it at all. Well, you weren't feeling that Chris, Chris, Chris Brown as the kid. Oh, huh? my goodness. I mean, he got personal experience, so. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's move it along, ladies. Um, this is the part where um Leona takes over. Okay. <laughs> um, so to begin our little tiny nod, as Shell says it, uh, to Graffiti Bridge. Um, Graffiti Bridge, Bridge, real quick, the unofficial sequel to Purple Rain. The kid is now the club owner and rival to Morris, and they get into a fight for the Glam Slam nightclub. Um, Shell, why did you see Graffiti Bridge? Mm, because it was the unofficial sequel to Purple Rain, because it starred Prince, and it had an excellent soundtrack. Three T. Um, because Prince. Look, it didn't take a lot from me. If Prince was, if Prince, they told me Prince was about to be like. In public square reading the phone book, I'd have showed up at five oh, yeah, in the morning yeah. waiting for him to be there. Yeah, I think it goes without saying this was obviously because of Prince. Um, okay, so how'd you feel about it at the time? At the time that I saw it, I walked out thinking it was the third greatest movie I ever saw, Prince movie. I thought it was awesome. I, you know, it wasn't you no know, under the cherry moon, but I thought it was great. I was on cloud nine one that day. <laughs> um, I d- actually don't remember what I thought of it. Okay. I think I liked it, but I'm aware enough to know that I liked it because it was Prince. Right. And not for any other reason. So I remember Shell seeing it before us, and I remember being upset about it. Like we were at school or something, and she was like, "I went to see it," and I was like, "Oh, you rude!" And I'm like, "Why would you go see it?" And then I remember going to see it 
with her and the cousin, then going to see it again. So definitely saw it a few times. And I remember loving it. And it, it does turn out that, yes, it was because of Prince, but also because I knew we we knew the songs already because we'd had the soundtrack. We'd see the videos that had been released to that point, up to that point. And so it just felt like we were part of it. You know, at least in my head, it felt like we were part of it. So it did make me enjoy it a little bit more. Um, let's talk about the, well, I guess we could talk about the cast of characters. Hold on a second. Do you, you want to go before, that deep? Did this come out before or after Batman? After. after. Okay. This was in uh, November of 1990. Batman came out in 1989. Yeah, okay. Um, so am I doing a cast? Sure. Okay. So, uh, Prince plays the kid. Owner of Glam Slam Club. Morris Day plays Morris, co-owner of Glam Slam and owner of Pandemonium Club. The Time. <laughs> MPG. Jill Jones is Jill, kid's girlfriend. So, she finally got him, ladies. She finally <laughs> got what she wanted. <laughs> um, Mavis Staples is Melody Cool, the owner of Melody Cool Club. Like, I don't understand. Okay. George Clinton. <laughs> George, owner of the Clinton Club. Ingrid Chavez is Aura, an angel. Tevin Campbell is Tevin, Melody Cool's son. Robin Power is Robin, Morris's girlfriend, Billy's daughter, and co-owner of Glam Slam and the Pandemonium Club. And Alisa Fidiarillo is Aura's singing voice. Is she? So she sings on Love Machine? She yes. does, yes. Why do they make it look like Jill was singing Love Machine? Why did they say she was Aura's voice? She Jill's voice? No, she's Aura's voice. So Jill is like performing technically yeah. at the at the club, but then uh-huh. they're walking with Aura. Yeah. Oh, okay. Aura oh, I remember that right now. Okay, now it, it's but the it's voice definitely. doesn't change, so she's both voices. <laughs> Jill can there's sing. A, look, there's a porpoise to my aunt to my question. Oh okay. my god. <laughs> Wow. No one gets that but us. It's a porpoise in your life. Um, <laughs> um, okay. So the themes were similar to Purple Rain. We'll just kind of touch on those real quick. Um, but the a big difference, I guess, is that there's more spirituality in this. And it's even heavier, the concentration of art versus commercial. Mm-hmm. And the sexism, misogyny again, but does it feel like to you the kid maybe knows better or has learned something? He went to a shaman, see. Yeah, he he a little he he's so laid back. He butter. He melted into the background, and and you know he like he just there. He's like I would never hurt a woman ever. Right. He made it gone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, okay, so let's talk about the show. Well, Shell, did you want to go more into into themes at all? Well, I mean, I do only think of spirituality. Obviously, we, we just talked about that, that the kid had found some kind of spirituality between Purple Rain and Graffiti Bridge. But it, um, Aura, her being an angel, that was, yeah, not worth it. I forget it. I'm sorry. It's not worth it. I don't know. It was different. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, the thing that really, the sexism and the misogyny, I really, it's, and it, to me, it mostly came from Morris in, in the time and those people. Just the way they treated women, Robin in particular. Well, the way Jill allowed herself to be treated, you know, given you finally get what you want and it's not enough. So you come out your panties and go run into Morris. Oh, that was so weird. <laughs> it was so weird and unnecessary. What did it mean? Like, what was the purpose? Does that mean what she was, was going to go have sex with Morris to really stick it to him? I mean, I, I was so confused. Just to get you out of here, what was the purpose of her doing that? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> now, T, I think you had thoughts on the sexism, right? It was just gross and rampant, and I want to punch somebody in the throat. Like, I really wonder who, well, I know who wrote the other one, but Prince wrote this one. So it's like, Prince, are you a sexist pig? Like, I don't understand. Dan. Well, he is a man that grew up in the 60s oh, and God. 70s. Somebody gotta get it, though. He is a man. Who cares when he grew up? Not all men are like this. Yes. One of them, up. one in 1,000. No, I'm sorry. That's... <laughs> Enough of them are. That was all I had about it. Oh, okay. Well, I, I'm sorry. Like you just said, Tia, I, I didn't I skip the part where he wrote and directed this. So it is mm. a... a uh, different feel um i'm going to actually kind of maybe quickly talk about the soundtrack mm-hmm. and then you guys just tell me your thoughts so first i'll ask you have a favorite song from the soundtrack the question of you uh to a repetition okay uh mine is shake just kidding um it's always <laughs> been those two <laughs> question of you enjoy your repetition um anything in the movie though that you felt like the way they performed it that you'd like, oh, I, I enjoyed that. Oh, I, I love Shake. Okay. <laughs> I I'm going to be honest. <laughs> not, I, I enjoyed the performance, but I really loved the way Prince looked during Elephants. and. Um, um, oh, yeah. That's a nice look. I love the way Prince looked in this whole movie. <laughs> I can forgive this movie so much because he looked beautiful. He was awesome. This is peak... This is peak Prince time right here. This is like the hair flowing and the face just so angelic. Oh my gosh. He has such an innocence about him. Right. He did. Gorgeous. Um, okay. Let's what was yours? Co- you never said what yours was. Oh, no, mine was always well, both. Joy repetition and question of you. Okay. Yeah, question of you. Um, so, oh, sorry, from the movie, question of you. Um... To talk about some moments, though, musical moments, New Power Generation, performed by New Power Generation and release it. This is the moment we really kind of realized that nobody gives two craps about MPG, right? Like, right. What were your thoughts on that? Well, my question is, if you don't give two craps, why do you keep going to his club? Right. Now, it is empty. But Compared you, okay. to what we were talking about. Compared, in, uh, right. But I blame TC for that, though. Me, too. <laughs> I'm so with you on that. It's so clearly his fault. And then Tony. <laughs> Pompadour Tony. The Pompadour. No, no, the Pompadour could work with the woman with the flat afro. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then like a discus. And then <laughs> oh my god. I don't understand what was going on with that hair. What about release it? Do you feel like the time clearly had a leg up over them? No. Release it! I have two questions about release it. 
Um, <laughs> do I have two or just one? Um, when I think it's just one. So when they're about to sing it, Prince says, "Renee," and then Jimmy Jam. Oh, no, not Jimmy Jam. Jimmy Jam records it on his guitar. <laughs> but then later in the song, you hear Prince say, "Wake up." When did he record that? <laughs> they started him. That. Right, it was <laughs> another time. They, they walk around behind him every day. Yeah, he sings these phrases. Yes, quite often. He's trying to wake up. He's trying to wake up, uh, Jill. Wake up! Yeah. <laughs> Why so, does Morris call him Grace? Grace, if you so much think I can't do to do, <laughs> girl, if you dream, okay. Um, Tevin Campbell had his little moment by singing round and round. Shell. One day I'll make it in the big city. <laughs> and I'll be looking for a girl who's pretty. Come on, One day y'all. I'll make a play and she will say, okay, because I plan to be a cool kid. Oh, Move over, TC. Right, this is the real TC right here. Um, these in a temple. The first video that we knew. Remember mm-hmm. how we knew the whole video and the right. extended version and all. Yes. And how we knew sexiness to the left of you, sexiness to the right. It's all, it's all about, about the pimp sandwich tonight. <laughs> As I'm getting this woman drunk and taking her away. All right. Um, sounds like um, sexual assault mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't I'm sorry to speed through this like but I'll, I'll ask real quick your, what were your thoughts about the after I don't even know if I want to ask I do What's, what, are your, what are your thoughts about after when they are back at Morris's and Kid comes to come it's, to take her away it's gr- clearly they're about to rape her I'm glad he came. He thing. saved her. I'm glad he showed up. He saved her. But he blows up the candle. Suddenly the, the room is so dark you can't see anything. No room is that dark. Because the it. single candle was lighting it. Right. The because single there's candle no... lit the entire room. They took her to a bunker where they molest women. And so there's no uh, windows. I guess. I guess. Okay. Uh, and apparently and, Robin doesn't know about it. And and then like they're they don't realize she's gone and they're feeling on her and, and Trump says, Let me taste, let me touch her. And she got a hairy chest. And then the light you realize they're touching each other and the light comes up. But here's the problem. They both have on button down shirts, but not only up with their tie in. Shirts are not pulled out the bottom. Y'all didn't touch each other. Stop it. Well, and that's then, called a flub. And then why all the, like, you're going to throw up because you touched a man? They yeah, could you be more homophobic Exactly. Could you be more homophobic? Every time Robin goes out of town, Jerome comes over to fill that empty spot in the bed. Hello. So then there's um the battle. They have a, a battle between the power generation and the time because the kid is like, Yo, you really want this club? You want to win? Let's do a battle. So they decide to do it along the the strip of clubs because that's all that's happening in this area <laughs> is the strip of clubs. 
And it starts with the time doing shake. And then MPG kind of interrupts it and does tick, tick, bang. Who won this battle? Tick, tick, bang. Neither one of them. Neither one of them. (laughs) I do agree with Tick <laughs> I agree that Tick Tick Bang. But I understand that Shake had the crowd all into it. But I just like that they were they didn't even have to be inside. They kinda did sort of an impromptu thing. I feel like they won because of that. But T says neither one of them. But oh Morris has charisma, uniqueness, nerve and talent. <laughs> and he knows how to work a crowd. <laughs> so that is why. The they only were. song worse than Tick Tick Bang is Elephants and Flowers. I find I like Shake both to be worse. Of those songs. I meant by Prince. We didn't even look. The time don't even exist for me on this. Okay, Shake. Ew. Oh, I love those songs. You love Shake? No, Tick Tick Bang and Elephants yeah. and Flowers. Yeah, I, I like them. Yeah. I like Tick Tick Bang more than Elephants and Flowers, but I do I do like them. Um, so when it's all said and done, the time was going to win everything and George was about to be a sellout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they shouted, George, don't. And he said, who? I'm about to make this money. Right. But then some clown comes out of nowhere. From the whiz. He jumped From off the, the subway whiz. in the whiz. And... <laughs> <laughs> oh, the do Some guy who was never in a movie the whole time. <laughs> wasn't there the whole time although maybe was he like George's I don't know I guess he knew George somehow I don't know what his deal was he's like I'll approve of this George so I'm about to drive this car and kill someone I'm gonna run that lady over who where she come from she gotta get out why of here why would she move out she the way right. she came with him they're both angels didn't you know so he drove in that's what I was just thinking though maybe that's what it is why he was there like or are you taking too long wrap this up so he gets in the car <laughs> And she did, but she always was. But that's what gets and everybody, brings everybody so, together. So, um, Aura, the stranger to town, getting ran over by the guy from the Wiz, made George say, "Yeah, I don't think I want to sell my club after all." Right? Did the kid have sex with her? Did he have sex with an angel? They no, just made she, out. They didn't have yeah. sex. They just made out. Look, yeah. kissing. You know, he kissed it. He kissed a dead woman. Um, not a dead woman, an angel. He said, "How can a, an angel save my life?" Is that the and song? She said, "By giving With you Tony a Braxton? kiss." No, how can an angel break my heart? Break, break my heart. Oh, that's how she broke his heart. She died. <laughs> she can't really die though. She's an angel. But we didn't you know why. Talk- the- Go ahead. Mm. Okay, I'm. I, I'm sorry. I keep it brief. Um, the guy from the Wiz came because Aura kept making out with a human. He was like, look, you didn't come here for this. Right. I gotta put a stop to this. We have to go. Let's wait up, Tom. So, still, still withstand all time happened. And that is the moment everybody holds hands and they sway left and right and they say, you know what? Stop all this madness. Now, Here's what I was about to say. Morris has a brief moment in purporting that we didn't go that much into. He has a brief moment where he realizes, darn, I'm a douche to the kid. <laughs> mm-hmm. But he continues to be a douche, apparently, for the next six for years. For the next 20 years or whatever. So I this I'm, moment... Look, I'm going to tell you why in a minute. Go ahead. In this moment, when Aura is dead, 
he decides, oh, I guess I could put my doucherie aside. But he didn't even immediately, didn't Robin still have to then go Robin do? forced him. Get your butt over there. Stop being a jerk. And this is my club look, anyway. And they had a parade float. And somebody <laughs> had like graffiti on it or something. And he was all mad about it. What? <laughs> uh, okay. The movie was confusing. I love what it was trying to do, but what was it trying to do? <laughs> why? Why did it? Why did that? Why did what's it called? Four corners, three corners, eight corners. What was it called? Seven Four corners. Four corners, right? I don't oh know. Gosh, why did it look like now. that? Why did it look like where Miss One lives? It so fake. But that explains why the dude from the Wiz popped out. Then. We know where his inspiration came from. <laughs> it looks so fake. And I just kept thinking, like, it looks like a soundstage. I'm so confused. I think the whole, it did look like a soundstage, but I think the whole point was um, Prince was always a spiritual person. And in this movie, he was really saying, here, this is me. I want I want to share my spirituality with with all of you, and yes, it may cost several million dollars, but I want y'all to be like be like me. But why did it look like that? <laughs> um, it was a ninety minute music video, and that's all the, uh, that they have for sets. Let me know when y'all want to hear Mitch theory. I don't. Scary theory. Y'all gotta share this theory. I don't care. (laughs) Um, Some quotes. (laughs) So when these two guys are trying to get the kid, uh, T, I'm sorry, T, Rochelle, talk about the quotes. Oh, um, well, I don't remember. I remember um, they were were talking about Aura when they were talking about um, she's too fine. The other guy was like, she's three fine. Yeah. Was Aura also the one that could turn butter into cream? Yeah. She could turn butter. So she's reversing it because cream cream is turns to butter. So is she reversing it? (laughs) If you turn cream if you put if you if you turn cream, it becomes butter. So if she can turn (laughs) butter into cream. She can separate her curves from her way. And then at the what? beginning of the movie, when Aura came, they said, are there really angels or are they all just in our mind? It all comes out in the Washington time, which is in the best song on the um, MPG. These Is it MPG? New Power Generation's maxi single, Love, Left, Love, Right. So if we all want to sing that real quick. Love to the left, love to the right. Come on, make some noise, somebody. somebody. Party tonight. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're all over the place. <laughs> I know. Y'all know um, about that. Listeners, y'all know about that. They do. Y'all know about Hopefully that maxi single do. life. They, they do. do. Everybody know about that maxi single. Try you can't, buy, you can't just buy a Prince album. You got to buy the singles. Right. Mm-hmm. Our introduction to what would be Get Off. Like, dude, you right. got it. It's not about Get Off and Lubricated Lady. Come on. Let down your funky weapon. Oh, all right. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm about to go. I'm about to go um, play some. You listen to Violet the Orchid Grinder. I am Violet. Stop oh, it, Tate. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the Organ Grinder. I own awesome. the Space Maxi Six. Which has five different verses of space. It had oh, all those space, yeah. yeah. I remember that. Yep. Oh, nice. Um, 
And, well, since we mentioned that, I guess our last fun fact is there really was a graffiti bridge in Minneapolis, which I know Tiana wants to find because everybody wants everybody to wants find a graffiti, graffiti bridge. bridge. Everybody's such a fun. Everybody's such a fun. Okay, so, so let me tell you mixed theory. Um... I think she texted it to me. I got to read it. Um, okay. So, we were talking about how crazy the scene is, the, the scenery is at um, Graffiti Bridge. So, she said, the reason why it looks so crazy is because it's heaven. Because at the end of Purple Rain, Prince is so, Prince, the kid is so dejected about what happened, he feels so embarrassed about the song Purple Rain, or about about his life, he rigged the club to blow. And he was going to get on his bike and drive away, but the crowd loved everything so much, so he stayed. So he stayed, but he forgot. So he does his songs, and at the end of Baby I'm a Star, he stops and turns around, and it freezes like that because that's how the bomb goes off. Why was he going to kill the people in the club and run away? Because what crazy people do, I don't know. That's what he was going to do. So yeah, go take this, and then everybody dies, and then you see graffiti bitch, and it looks like that. And the reason why Morris is such a jerk when he was trying to not be a jerk before is because he's mad that he's stuck in purgatory with the kid. But how did people like Robin and and Melody and George and Tevin appear? All in their mind. They invented people. Oh, are they really angels? Or they, they, were already purgatory. they were already purgatory. You remember when um the guy was the purgatory on a heavily kid? There were other people there. He didn't know one of them. Um, there was a Viking on there, wasn't it? <laughs> there was a Viking. Sure Why? So it's like um, um, Beetlejuice when they were just hanging out with the shrunken head dude in the right. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Um, All right. <laughs> I don't agree with to that me, theory. That's the best. That is the best explanation for this terrible movie. But that's just me. I not, why was Aura there if they already gone? It's all in his mind. It's just something that they do, and they play out as they play out a story every few days. Oh, Over a few days, huh. the story plays out. Okay. Oh. Do, 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 do. That's why he was there. <laughs> it, it was Wednesday that day. Yes, it was Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna pass on that theory. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know like that theory? All right. So are you gonna uh, ask the question you always ask? Well, we didn't Final. ask Purple Rain, so I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Final thoughts on Purple Rain? We didn't ask because it hold up and all that. My final thoughts on Purple Rain is a great movie. And I watch it all the time. And I will watch it all the time. My final thoughts on um, Graffiti Bridge is it's the fifth best movie in his lineup. (laughs) And I watch it frequently. Not as quite as often as I watch Purple Rain and Under the Cherry Moon. But, and I love the soundtrack. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. You've watched it, watched it frequently, you've seen it a bunch of times. Are you still confused by it? Do you get it? No. I'm confused. It's <laughs> all get out. Don't be ridiculous. 
<laughs> Nothing's going to, because I'm entertained. That You know, I, I'm, I'm giving it a pass because I'm giving it a pass. Not necessarily because it's Prince, but I am giving it a pass because, have you ever watched a movie where you decide, I'm done trying to figure it out, so. No. Mm-mm. Oh. Well, you, of course you would, of course, because you watch, um, just don't one of the guys. Say it. Don't say don't. it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do not dig yourself a grave. You cannot get out of whatever you was going to say. Shut your mouth. You watched when we were growing up. It's fantastic. Like, what's Did she say this one again? Yes. Shut your trap. Shut your trap. That y'all watched. So, anyway, but that movie is not confusing. We get the point of that movie. Garbage. Anyway. Um, oh, wait. My, I, I, um, go Where ahead. Go next? Okay, my final thoughts about Purple Rain first. Um, as agreed with y'all, I, I love this. This is one of my favorite movies, period. Not even just Prince movies, just one of my favorite movies. Um, enough that everybody knows that about me pretty much, and I watch it as much as I possibly can just because. Um, and I would obviously watch it again. Graffiti Bridge, I can't say I watch frequently. I did in 1990. <laughs> in 91, when we had on tape. And there was a moment where I was like, I'm, I mean, there's other movies to watch. Um, <laughs> I did watch it um, the, the you know shortly after he passed away. And, and, and I'll, I will watch it again. I'll watch it again. But it is confusing, like T said. I am admitting I would watch it because it's Prince. And because I love the music. And because there's a lot of things that I watched when I was a child. If I don't completely hate them, the nostalgia part of it, I enjoy. My final thoughts on Purple Rain. Excellent movie. Um, I have not watched it in a lot in a lot of years because I just didn't own it. And then I bought it after he died and it took me a year to watch it. Because I was still so very sad. Um, I would watch it again. I wish now wish I had that special anniversary edition. Jeez, I need to get my hands on that. It's good stuff. Um, uh, the other one, not so much. I do not recall watching this a lot. I guess I probably did because usually if Leona watched something, I watched it too. Yeah, <laughs> so we watched it like I, every day. I'm sure I watched it all the time, but I must have blacked it out somewhere. I must have been like, I think I got Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind, <laughs> and I got. So I got some of that pulled out because I don't remember it at all. Um, would I watch it again? Absolutely not. No. Mm-mm. Absolutely. He looked fantastic. He looked fantastic in it. I'll just find some pictures of him looking like that. Matter of fact, one of them is my screensaver. And my I have a screensaver and a desktop image. Yep. I'll just look at that. I will gladly listen to the soundtrack though. I was about to watch it today. Oh, wow. Do we have other things to do? I'm just kidding. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I do, but sometimes you want to delve into something and see if you missed something, or sometimes you're just bored. <laughs> but you missed everything. You said it's confusing. Well, I, sometimes you just want to, uh, you know, fix that up. I'll probably still be confused, but, <laughs> you know, I've watched worse. Pick up art With y'all. Oh, yeah. Look. If you, you got one more again. 
Minute work, and man. I'm going to come over and drive. I'm going to drive over there and beat you. <laughs> All right, I'll so tell us where they can find her. Tell us where they can find her. You can listen to Phantom City Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and Google Play. Check out our website, phantomcity.com. Email us at mayor at phantomcity.com. Follow us on Facebook, search for Phantom City, or at Phantom City Resident. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Phantom City Mayor. I'm at Alderman Leona X. And I am at City Sheriff. Send us feedback, leave reviews, subscribe on iTunes. Tell us what you think. Tell us if that what my theory about Minneapolis is true. Tell and me if that theory about Purple Rain is good or not. No, tell us how much excellent. Tell us how much you love Graffiti Bridge. Tell us how much you love Graffiti Bridge. <laughs> tell me, tell us how much you love. What's your favorite song on a maxi single? Come on, tell us. Yeah, what's your favorite song on on both soundtracks? Sweet. And before we go, we have a special treat. Raising that baby right. Yeah. It was great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Happy Prince Day. (laughs) Happy Prince Day, yes. Happy Prince Day.